I was very unhappy at the last thing that I did. And the last thing that I did after being an entrepreneur for so long, it was really out of ego. I took a J-O-B. <laughs> I was president of a national healthcare company. And for five years, I was very unhappy there. I was, they loved me. I was super successful for the company. Every single day, I was personally unhappy. And I decided to go to a mind-body-spirit conference in Boston, which was like a 30-minute flight from Philly, to really figure out what was next for me. And on the plane, I sat next to someone and, you know, just casual conversation. I said, what do you do? And she said, I'm a coach. Now, this is going back like 20, 21, 22 years ago. So I said, what sport? <laughs> right. And she said, no, 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 not a sport, a business coach. And I said, a what? And in that 30-minute plane flight, she described what that was. By the time I got off the plane, I knew that I was meant to do that. So by the time I got to the hotel, I had gone online, found a coach training school, investigated coaching, and that was on a Friday. By the time Monday rolled around, I enrolled in a coach training school, wrote my resignation letter, and started my journey down this road. Welcome to the Secrets of Success podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Keyes. Well, as always, we thank you for listening and taking the most valuable component of your day and, sh and sharing it with us, and that's your time. Today is not going to be a waste of that time. My guest, Dr. Terry Levine, really has gone from owning multiple businesses that she started and then resold, very, very successful entrepreneur. She also worked as a CEO and a leader of a national healthcare company. But now she's moved into and, and communicates to others about one of the most important things that everybody listening needs to consider or should consider or we would like you to consider. And that is, can you lead from your heart? You know, one of the things that she talks about in our interview is that all of us have a place where we can be energized, where we really can be on fire. And one of the things she shared in the show was she was president of this national healthcare company, but hated every single day. What we've talked about this before is that the work at CRG and my latest book, The Quest for Purpose, is that we help people go through a journey of clarity to say that every single person has a space or spaces where they come alive. I don't know why I like doing podcasts and interviewing guests and being a speaker in front of thousands of people, but I do. I don't need to know the why, I need to know the what. And my encouragement is that you would consider the same thing for yourself. And one of the things we do here at CRG is we wanna help you on that journey as a leader, as an individual, as a student, doesn't matter what it is, to help you to bring clarity, to bring processes and systems so that your life can be more fulfilling, more meaningful, and be more effective with more higher performance through whatever the tools or assessments or e-courses, whatever it is that is available for you. If it's personality, if it's leadership skills, if it's entrepreneurship, if it's understanding your core values, then I encourage you to consider go to crgleader.com or if you want to find out more about my ability to speak at your conference or do training with you, then you can go to KenKeys, K-E-I-S dot com. Again, thank you again for joining us at SOS. If you like what we're doing, please subscribe, share, pass it on to others, uh, leave a positive review. Uh, one of the things that happens in this podcast space is, and I'm very much appreciative 
is that if you leave a review, it really helps with the ra ratings and rankings and getting the message out there to others. Thank you for listening. Now, here is our interview with Dr. Terry Levine. Well, each week we want to have guests or insights or information that's going to transform your life, take it to the next level. And today is no exception. And, you know, it's interesting, today's guest, we connected years ago. I, we, I consider her a friend. I, hopefully she considers me the same thing. As, uh, as an expert in professional development, she has best-selling books. She'll get into that as well. But I want you to welcome Dr. Terry Levine to the show. Welcome, Terry. It's great to be here. And yes, I consider you a friend, Ken. <laughs> <laughs> we go way back in the coaching industry and helping others in the early 2000s. I said, man, I said, where did that time go? I mean, you are the master around uh, what you call the heart entrepreneur and really having people come from the heart. But before we get into all that, we want to get into your journey. Now, let me just backtrack a minute. Both of us, since the last time we talked, have got our doctorate degrees. And so what did you get your doctorate degree in? In clinical psychology. Wow. And where did you do that? Uh, University of Pittsburgh. Well, of course, because you're from Pennsylvania. You're not a Pittsburgh Steelers fan, are you? Yes, I am. <laughs> okay, of course. Of course. Did I ask a silly question or what? So <laughs> congratulations on that. I know that that's an awful lot of effort and work uh, to go through it, especially at our ages, right, Terry? Yes, especially You're... working full time and all of that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, congratulations. That's great. Well, Terry, before we get into your expertise as really an individual that helps others to excel, both personally and in their business. And listeners, you want to stay for this whole show because I know Terry's going to absolutely rock it for you. Is which, Where were you born? And just let your history and your story, your journey to this point in your life, Terry. Sure. So I actually was born in Yonkers, New York. And uh, Ken, I grew up really poor. The only thing is I didn't know it. Uh, I was happy and, and thought everybody lived the way I lived in an apartment. I didn't realize people had such a thing called a house or had grass outside their, their living space. I just didn't know any better. And all of a sudden, my father took a very different job when I was in the fourth grade. And we moved to Westfield, New Jersey, which was a very affluent community. So like overnight, I was transplanted into a wealthy community, into uh, a home and really didn't quite fit in, didn't figure out how to fit in for a while. Um, and then I uh, went to Ithaca College in upstate New York, graduated with a master's degree in speech language pathology. So let just stop you there, Terry. What did your dad do? What was sort of his profession? Mm -hmm. My dad was the vice president of sales and marketing for a company that made products for hotels and restaurants. So they did like all the paper supplies for companies like Baskin and Robbins and Dunkin' Donuts and places like that. Wow. So you saw sort of the effort and work that somebody like that would have to put into a position. Exactly. And I really saw how how much my father not only worked, how creative he was and what a good salesperson he was. I really watched my father very, very closely. 
Mm. So when you think about college and you're in high school, uh, you jumped right into doing a master's degree, but usually we do an undergrad before that. What, what was sort of high school like for you? I hated school, to be honest with you. Um, I found school to be incredibly boring, and I couldn't understand how to use information like chemistry and algebra and geometry. I would constantly ask the teachers, and what am I supposed to do with this? And what am I supposed to do with this? I'm dissecting a frog. Why do I care? And, uh, of course, I talked a lot, so I was always in trouble in school, and I really didn't like school. It wasn't until I went to college that I actually got interested in school. I was not a good student in high school at all. So Terry, when we think about listeners and you know what we're trying to do on SOS is to make sure that our information is as practical, inspiring uh, to our listeners as possible. What motivated you to, if you hated school, what motivated you even consider college? <laughs> That's kind of a funny story. Uh, so I was an actress. I was doing some regional theater. I had done some television commercials, and I really just wanted to live in New York and be an actress. And my parents said, that's not going to happen. You need to go to college. So I said, fine, um, I'll go to college and be a theater major. So I went through quite a, a rigorous ordeal to get into Ithaca College as a, a theater major. It's not easy to, to become a theater major at that school. Many, many auditions. And after the first semester, I just realized I didn't want to go to college for theater, that it just didn't resonate with me at all. I saw my roommate, who was a speech-language pathologist. I had no idea what that meant, nor did I know it required a master's degree. And I simply did what I needed to do to change majors without understanding what any of that meant or how difficult it would be for anatomy and physiology and that I was now entering a six-year program. So out of ignorance, I chose a profession. Wow, so much for your career advisors back then, huh? Yeah, I was kind of non-existent. And literally, I saw her playing with kids on the floor in a speech clinic and thought, oh, I love kids. That would be fun. <laughs> wow, wow. So how did, how did you stick through six years of school with all this sort of uncertainty or lack of clarity around the decision? So I am the type of person that my whole life, once I made a decision and set a goal, I would stick to it. So once I got into the program, which wasn't an easy program to get into, and I realized what I had committed to and that I had taken someone's spot because they only take a small amount of people per year into that program. Mm. I said, Terry, you need to stick to this. And it is six years. Uh, I, I did the program in less. I actually did the program in four years instead of six. And I said, I'll stick to it. I'll just go every summer, all through the summers, and I'll make myself do it. It, it was not easy for me. I really typically was a C student trying to go through a program that's a six-year program in four years and not being a very good student. So I will say it was a definite challenge for me. I just had a commitment to make it happen. Okay. Well, thank you for that inspiring story just around grit and resilience, which is the big words that everybody uses today around yeah. you know, being successful in life. So here you are. You've now completed your master's degree in speech pathology. Now what? So at the last month of my graduate uh, degree, my husband and I get married and I'm finishing Ithaca College. 
he graduates and gets a job in Indiana, and I can't leave. I'm still at Ithaca. So we get married, and he moves to the Midwest. Um, So I've got a month by myself finishing graduate school. I moved to be with him in the Midwest, and he's working shifts. And literally, for the first year we're married, I pass him every morning on my way to work as he's coming home from work, and we wave at each other. And that's how we began our married life. Wow. I'm transplanted to the Midwest. I know nobody. And my husband is, you know, and I are passing ships. And somehow we made it through. Um, and so I started out as a speech language pathologist, started my own clinic. No idea, can none, how to run a business, how to do sales or marketing. And out of desperation, I had to figure it out because I had to make money and I had to go get patients. And I, I, I really had to figure out how to do it. And uh, it took me a while. And I finally did figure out how to do the marketing and how to grow a business. And I also realized I wasn't a good speech language pathologist. I was a really good marketer, though. <laughs> okay. So for, the, for those that are listening, how did you overcome uh, some of these things? So this is back to just being persistent. So here I am transplanted in a brand new community. I know no one. I need to get uh, physicians to refer to me. Physicians won't even talk to me. Uh, they're very clicky in their community. They don't want to speak to a, a woman from the East Coast. I just truly didn't. I tr- literally sat in their offices and wouldn't leave. And finally, one doctor said, my God, you've been sitting here since 8 o'clock in the morning. What? the heck do you want? And I said, look, I just want a chance to, to see some of your patients. I do. I will do a really good job. Just give me a chance. And just to get me out of his office, he said, fine. And three days later, he gave me a couple of patients. And once he started referring, I went to other doctors and said, Dr. Elkhammer's referring. He's happy. And then I started to get patients from other doctors. And then I went to local nursing homes and hospitals. And I literally just started to market and market and market, and then I eventually added occupational therapists and physical therapists and replaced myself with a speech-language pathologist and grew the business and sold it in a couple of years. Wow. Wow. What a success story. Yeah, thank you. And it really was being persistent. It was being persistent. And I went on to start eight different businesses over quite a few years and found out that with every business, my expertise was really in starting a business and marketing the business, growing the business, and then selling it. Mm. So you really love the startup process and you really love the startup and then be able to flip that business and move into something else. Uh, yes, up until, gosh, it's about 22 years ago when I moved into coaching and consulting and literally I've, I've never looked back. I finally found the business where I feel at home doing what I love and loving what I do. Well, congratulations on that. What were some of the eight businesses that you had? So it was a speech pathology business. Then I started a home art show business, bringing original oil paintings into people's houses. Then I started a rehabilitation business where we did contracts, speech, occupational therapy, and physical therapy to nursing homes and hospitals. I started a coach training school. I started a business consulting institute. I started a publishing company. Uh, My husband and I started a financial service 
services business and on and on. So yeah, started all different kinds of businesses along my journey. And when I came into coaching and consulting, literally, I knew instantly this is what I was meant to be doing. Mm. It's, it's awesome. When you get into a space that's yours, it shouldn't be burdensome. Mm-hmm. It's energizing. So one of the things, when we think about all your eight businesses, and we think about entrepreneurs that are listening. So not everybody listening is an entrepreneur, and I get that. I understand that, but the principles apply. Terry, what are some of the things that it's happening with entrepreneurs where their businesses are failing, where they're not being successful? What have you? What did you discover along this route where you were succeeding but others were not? And we've talked about resilience and persistence and tenacity and just you know, this enormous, I mean, even Anthony Robbins talks about this enormous amount of action, right? Mm-hmm. What, what, what's some of the situations or where you saw others were not being successful? And, you know, the stats show the majority of small businesses do fail over time. What, did, what have you discovered? What are some of the reasons that that occurs? The first reason that I've seen is people are undercapitalized. In other words, one day they say, I'm going to start a business, but they have absolutely no savings. They have no money to invest in marketing, and they're literally like starving from month to month, and then they come off as very desperate. So they want you to be their client or buy their products or services, and they come from a place of desperation, and people run from people who are desperate. So that's one. The other thing that I see is they're running from shiny object to shiny object. So, oh, maybe I'll use LinkedIn marketing. Well, that didn't work. Maybe I'll hire a coach who can help me with lead generation. Oh, that didn't work. Maybe I'll learn to be a better speaker. I'll hire a speaker trainer. Oh, that didn't work. Maybe I'll do Facebook marketing. And they don't stick with anything long enough to actually make it work. And then I'll give you one other. The third thing I see is they're going after a fad, not after their passion. So they're seeing something like coaching or consulting or real estate or whatever and saying, oh, well, that's a lot of my friends are in that or tons of people are buying that or network marketing. I'll go do that. It's not necessarily what they're good at, what they're passionate about. And they're just running to go do something that they think has a lot of potential without it being their passion. Mm. Terry, you, you, make, you make a point that is so important to the listeners. And you know what? I'm guilty of this too, is there's so much noise. Everybody seems to have an opinion. Very few people have wisdom, Terry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and if you, if you get onto Facebook, you'll have a hundred ads in your stream in the week about how you should market yourself. It is right. so easy to get distracted and not stay focused. So I get that, and that's an important point where, you know, how do I manage? Is it not working, or have I not stayed here long enough to be successful in this space? What would you say to me if I threw that question out to you? I would say in my experience, you have to stick with whatever you decide to do for a long enough period of time to make sure if it's working or not working, whatever it is, whether it's advertising, whether it's a coaching or consulting program, whatever it is, you stay with it. Um, We were talking about somebody that Mm -hmm. has been my mentor for 15 years and people say to me, well, why would you have the same mentor for 15 years? And I say, every year for 15 years, that person has added an extra three to $4 million 
$1,000 to my bank account. Why wouldn't I? Now, I know a lot of people that hired him didn't really follow his process and left. Well, if I hire someone, I stick with just that one person. I don't go follow 10 other people. So that's the recommendation that I make him. Right. Well, thank you, Terry, for that. So, Terry, now it's the end of these businesses, and you have found coaching. You found this professional development. How did this discovery unfold for you? So I was very unhappy at the last thing that I did. And the last thing that I did after being an entrepreneur for so long, it was really out of ego. I took a (laughs) J-O-B. I was president of a national healthcare company. And for five years, I was very unhappy there. I was, they loved me. I was super successful for the company. Every single day, I was personally unhappy, and I decided to go to a mind-body-spirit conference in Boston, which was like a 30-minute flight from Philly, to really figure out what was next for me. And on the plane, I sat next to someone and, you know, just casual conversation. I said, what do you do? And she said, I'm a coach. Now, this is going back like 20, 21, 22 years ago. So I said, what sport? <laughs> right. And she said, no, 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 not a sport, a business coach. And I said, a what? And in that 30-minute plane flight, she described what that was. By the time I got off the plane, I knew that I was meant to do that. So by the time I got to the hotel, I had gone online, found a coach training school, investigated coaching, and that was on a Friday. By the time Monday rolled around, I enrolled in a coach training school, wrote my resignation letter, and started my journey down this road. Wow. Well, talk about a fortuitous event. Exactly. A lot of times when we've had guests, so we've had hundreds of guests on the show now, where a single event in our life transforms the trajectory for like forever. Mm-hmm. So, so here you're on an airplane, you have this conversation, and it changes your life direction forever. Now, it probably would have happened anyways, but don't you find that just amazing? I find it interesting. I remember at the time knowing I had to go to this conference and knowing that I was seeking answers. And, you know, it started really on the plane flight by just asking someone, what do you do and being open. So I I really remember in my journal saying, I'm going to be open. I'm going to start out by being open. And I, I really use that as a teaching lesson. Be open, be curious, ask questions. Mm. It's interesting, you know, because our work is around life purpose and getting clarity and creating self-awareness on the journey to self-mastery is the questions or the, pardon me, the answers are reserved for the people who are seeking them. And so it's interesting, as you mentioned, I'm open to what the possibilities might be. And as a result of that, then you see and pay attention to the clues that are around you, or you might not have before that. Exactly. And and I spend a lot of my day asking myself questions, internally asking questions, so that I stay open and that things can show up and I can be paying attention and not miss the answers. Well, thank you, Terry. Now, Terry, we've known each other for many years now. You've been in this development process. Take us through this journey. You started into as a coach. Where did you take your training again? I went to Coach U. Coach U, of course. And uh, didn't the founder pass away a few years ago? 
Yeah, Thomas Leonard passed right. away quite a while right. ago. Yes. Well, I lose track of time because we've both been in it for so long. This is my, 30, this is my 30th year in this space. Mm. So I started in 1989 officially. Actually, it was in it probably a few months before that. But it's amazing. So where did that time go? You know, just I know. <laughs> and of course, remember Thomas's name now that you uh, bring it up. So with that, what what were some of the the steps that you went through? to get into clarity about who you were supposed to coach, what you were supposed to do, and some of the lessons that you learned that will benefit the listeners. Mm, I love that question. So when I started out, I, I started out more life coaching, and I started really with career coaching, um, and people just came to me for that. I had just left you know, being president of a national healthcare company, and a lot of people came to me saying, how do I leave my job? So my first book was called Work Yourself Happy, and naturally people came to me saying, how do I find my passion the way that you did? So I began to teach that process and to coach that process and to really be a, a life and a career coach. And then I got a, uh, a couple of gigs with big companies like General Electric to do sales coaching. And so then I started a process of teaching people sales coaching. And then all of a sudden, the market was choosing me for sales coaching. And a few years after that, I sat down and said, Terry, what do you really want to do? What's in your heart? And you've let the market kind of dictate. And I realized what I'm great at is starting up businesses, growing them to seven figures, and then helping people do that. Um, I've done it for myself over and over again. I've done it for friends. I've done it for family. And that's when I decided I was going to only work with entrepreneurial businesses, no more corporations. And I was going to help people achieve six and seven figure business. Business growth. I was going to do it only for service-oriented businesses because that's what I really love to do. And I just went out there and marketed myself completely differently. I was really clear on my specialty. And then I also can became more of a consultant where I would give advice, not just coaching people, but truly using my consulting expertise and really changed my business into a business strategist versus a business coach. Mm. Well, thank you for that. Now, didn't we get, Terry, didn't we get to know each other through uh, Ken Foster? We did. Yes, exactly. Man, yeah, well, there we go. That goes back to the 2000s. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I actually had Ken on the show here not that long ago, and so he's done very well for himself mm -hmm. as well. So we've always appreciated it. It's, it's funny, there is a connection here. For you listeners, sorry, we're just Terry and I are reminiscing here. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's part of, but part of it is community. And I think uh, one of the advice pieces here is, you know, stay connected, have advisors, have people that can help you. Because a lot of times entrepreneurs try to do it on their own. And it can be a lonely, isolated opportunity if you don't build a network around you. I agree. And that has been important to me from day one. When I started in the coaching industry, I just went out to meet as many other coaches as I could and to ask questions. How are you doing it? What are you doing? Um, and as I went on in the field, I went and found people in other industries, whether it was real estate or chiropractic or attorneys. What are you doing? How are you doing it? So I could really expand and enhance 
enhance my business by learning from different kinds of professionals. And I think that is how come my business has been able to grow exponentially every single year. Mm, and congratulations on that growth. You really, in your, you know, your website is called Heartpreneur. And you really talk about leading from the heart. Explain to the listeners why that's important for them, as well as how you came to that conclusion. So tell how I came to it and then why I believe it's so important. Mm -hmm. I had been in corporate America, as I said, for five years. And I also worked with a lot of large corporations when I first started in this industry. And I kept seeing what was missing is the care about employees, about vendors, uh, and about customers. It just seemed to me like everything was very transactional and that nobody really seemed to to care. Nobody really seemed to care. And in my business from day one, I really cared. I cared if my clients were getting results. I cared if I had joint venture partners that they were getting results. I cared that all of the independent contractors in my company were actually enjoying their work and being satisfied. And I started to really look at the way other entrepreneurs were doing business. And I saw that they were modeling corporate America. And I was like, this is not a healthy way to do business. So I surveyed a large number of entrepreneurs, about 5,500, and they all said they were having problems with customers, employees, and venture partners. And so I decided that we needed to change this. And that's how I developed what I call the Heartrepreneur cause or Heartrepreneur movement, changing how entrepreneurs do business. And I think it's super important for every listener to literally transform how they're doing business because it's easier to do it this way. You'll make more money this way and you'll have a heck of a lot more fun this way. Mm, Terry, well, take us through the transition. What was it? What is it that people are doing now? Of course, I have some thoughts about it as an observer from the outside, but that's why you're on the show. Where do I have to go from to this new perspective? What What are people doing now, and where do you take them to to well, embrace this thought? The first thing that people are doing is they're selling at people. They're trying to tell people, I have this widget or this service and you should buy it. Um, they're not really caring what does somebody want. Before you even go market something, why don't you first find out what the audience wants and then develop what the audience wants versus trying to sell what you think the audience wants. That's step one. Step two is why don't you, before you offer them to buy what you now have, why don't you even see if it works for them, if it fits for them. And then if it does, offer it. And if not, don't offer it. So have some integrity, authenticity, and transparency in your sales conversations. The next thing is offer guarantee. I mean, if what you offer doesn't work for someone, take responsibility for that. Now, sure, they have to have skin in the game. They have to you know, do the work or use the product, but have some skin in the game. Make sure that you stand behind your product or your service, and therefore, people will get results. They'll be pleased with your product or service. And then the other piece is if you have, whether it's affiliates or joint venture partners or you have employees or independent contractors, be committed and dedicated to them. Like my clients and my independent contractors and my joint venture partners, they're all client family members or they're uh, family members in some way, shape, or form. I take good care of them. They're on my team. We're all here for the same purpose. And that's really important to me. 
Mm. So, so go ahead. That's the philosophy that I recommend people embrace. Well, thank you for that. And if we think about the world out there, you know, why did things like 20, 2008 occur? You know, sort of the corporate greed, a lack of an integrity. I was at a conference years ago, this story's just coming to my head, Terry, where this is, what was the number one reason that there continues to be poverty in the world? And he was from South Africa, and he said the number one reason is corruption. So this is the money that we give to different causes. Most of it doesn't get there. People don't know that. So what you're saying is heart really matters, but heart also gets the results. Exactly. And, and in my experience, the results and more income. Mm. So take us through what are some, when we think about, you know, let's say I'm not an, an, an entrepreneur, but I'm a leader uh, or I'm trying to kind of figure out my life. What are some steps that you would take me through to get to this clarity? So the very first thing that I recommend is that you begin to ask yourself some questions. It's funny, we talked about questions a few minutes ago. Are you living in authenticity, transparency, and integrity? Is all of your communication done that way? Are you speaking to potential prospects that way, your current client family members that way, your employees that way, your colleagues that work that way, whether you own a business or you work for someone else. That's the first place to start. Second of all, I recommend that you really look at the way you view the world. Like, I totally believe we are all one. We are all connected. I am you, you are me. I accept you for all of the things you believe, all of our differences, because I look at us as being the same. So I don't see any differences. I see universal, totally the same. I see a bird fly by, that's me, I'm the bird. <laughs> Not everyone gets that, it's just how I live. So we're connected heart to heart. Once you begin to embrace things from this vantage point, you will begin to get along really well with other people and you will find it a lot easier to communicate and to embrace people for their differences, accept people better, communicate better, and actually you'll have more peace and joy in your life. This will help you do better at work, do better in business. Can you relate to that? Oh, well, absolutely. If you think about it, you know, where does divisiveness come from? Now, I suspect that we can still have different opinions about certain things in life, Terry, and different perspectives. But at the same time, can we, um, I guess the, the, the backdoor comment to that, Terry, is if you go onto social media, the, the offended, aggressive, in-your-face comments are, are horrid. It is, it's, it's abusive out there. And what people say and do to each other who don't even know each other is just pathetic. Yeah, it's, you know, interesting. The world is just interesting, right? There's so much interesting chaos and conflict and all of that. And I literally just accept it. Um, I don't fight against it. I don't take up campaigns against it. I was looking at Facebook this morning, Ken, and like people are like fighting and arguing and, you know, taking a stand against things. And I just don't do that. I, I look and I say, look, every day I prefer to live in the moment to just accept and to let in love and light. And I really do live from a place of loving and accepting. So I live in the moment. I don't 
have regrets and look back on the past. Mm-hmm. I'm not setting goals and planning for the future. I only know that I have this moment. I don't know about the next moment. So I'm fully here right now, present with you, not knowing if there's going to be a moment five minutes from now. And so I'm getting all the juice out of this moment. And that's what a heartrepreneur, my word, that's what a heartrepreneur does. We live right now connected to the person that's in front of us. And that's a message I'm really hoping people will get. Well, that's so important, Terry, because today with our fragmented, distracted sort of environment, our ability to stay focused and actually be here now, I mean, this goes way back 10 years ago in psychology, is very, very, um, you have to be disciplined to do it. Because if you let the environment influence you, you go the the opposite direction. Exactly. And sadly, I see a lot of people very caught up in whatever it is, whatever's happening with the government or the world or, you know, what might be or what could be. And I say to my clients all the time, stay focused. Just stay focused on whatever is right now. Just stay focused on whatever is in front of you. And also, Forget about things that you cannot change. Only stay focused on things that you can change. So, for example, you know, we've got a government shutdown or we've got this and that, whatever. Can you change that? I can't. So, stay focused on what you can change. What can I change? Well, if I can make my life better or somebody else's life better in this moment, that's what I'm going to do. Absolutely. Thank you for that, Terry. So, Terry, we have about... 15 minutes, well, more like uh, 10 minutes left. So you have to go to another interview here fairly soon. If we want to look at some key strategies and success principles that you are generally teaching leaders or entrepreneurs, what are some additional ones that you really would want us to consider or embrace as listeners uh, prior to your departure today? So the very first thing that I would say is to be open and to be curious. And what I mean by that is challenge everything, even what you currently believe. Just keep asking yourself, you know, where did I get that belief from? Is it true? Um, And what if it's not true? And what if I challenge that? So I'll give you an example. One of my clients that I was just speaking with this morning about something, he said, well, I'm preparing for this TED talk that you helped me get, and I'm so uh, worried about it. And I said, who told you to worry about it? And he said, what? And I said, well, who told you to worry about it? And he said, well, of course I would worry about it. And I said, well, who told you that you'd worry? And he started laughing. And I said, that's some belief that you picked up along the way that you're supposed to worry. And he said, well, I don't know what to do. And I said, well, what would it look like if you weren't worried about it? And so we went into this possibility thinking of just being open and curious of what if it was just a fun experience and he showed up and just was happy and engaged in doing something that was going to be fun. And he had a total shift in how he was going to do the talk Mm -hmm. and even putting the talk together. So I'm just putting that out there to be open and curious and, and challenge yourself All of us can have beliefs that we've picked up as children that we're not even aware of. You know, our parents were concerned about something and unconsciously we grew up being concerned about that. So I encourage you just to be open and curious. Heartrepreneurs are willing to come from their heart and to challenge everything that they believe, everything that they 
think even unconsciously. So be open, be curious, be present. And any time that you notice yourself rolling back to the past or concerned about the future, just be very conscious. Start breathing, bring yourself back to center, and go back to a feeling that you choose. I like to choose happy. You know, you have choices. No one can make you feel anything. I choose happy. So when people are talking about things that are like, oh, this could happen or this might happen, I just stay present, breathing, focused, and I choose happy. Mm. I mean, one of the things for the listeners to pick up on what Terry just shared there is we do have a choice. Some people even have the belief system they don't have a choice, Terry. So that in itself is something to be open to consider. Exactly. Exactly. And, and I'll just remind people, you always have a choice. We are so lucky as human beings. We have a choice in how we feel in every second. So if you're blaming someone, no, no, no. You get responsibility, meaning you have the ability to respond. So choose that wisely. And I really encourage every listener to add more joy to your life by making that choice responsibly. Mm. Terry, could you just take a minute and go a little deeper on this, this whole concept of blaming and responsibility and how you can help the listeners with that? Yes, and I'll give credit where I learned this. Um, back in 1982, I had the pleasure of being with Zig Ziglar, who was my first mm-hmm. mentor. And he talked about responsibility, and he talked about it in terms of we react or we respond. And it really landed for me because I was used to reacting. Somebody would do or say something, and I would jump into a reaction. So, you know, you would say, um, your hair looks awful. And I'd be like, oh, my gosh, my hair looks awful. Like, literally, I would go into a a total response. It would, like, trigger something in me. And Mm -hmm. Ziegler said, Take time, breathe, and decide how you actually choose to respond instead of somebody pushing a button on you. And I learned, I literally learned to just stop and breathe and ask myself, how do I want to feel? And so whenever somebody says something, like, you know, people post some crazy stuff on Facebook sometimes. I have to laugh. You know, somebody posted something like, I disagree with everything that you've ever said. I'm like, that's interesting. And I, instead of going into a, re- a reaction, I literally went into response. I read it a few times. I took a breath and I wrote back from my heart and I said, thank you for sharing your opinion. And I really do thank them. It's like, wow, they have a right to disagree with everything I've ever said and how cool they felt comfortable saying that to me. So, wow, thanks for sharing your opinion. So the response ability means you have the ability to respond, in my view, from a place of love and being centered and being grounded without taking offense. And offense to me is like putting up a fence to defend yourself. We don't need to have a fence up. Mm, mm. Does that now, make sense? That makes complete sense where, I mean, a lot of times is we, we, we allow, we've conditioned ourselves to have triggers. And yes. what you're talking about is that, you know, if we want to get defensive and that is the reality, if every single person on the planet is offended by every single thing that everybody else says, it becomes pretty dysfunctional in a hurry. So with that notwithstanding, uh, Terry, I'll, I want to make sure that listeners know how they can find out more about your work. So 
Also, let them know, what's your latest book on turbocharge? So my latest book is called Turbocharge Your Business, and it literally teaches step-by-step not only how to be a heart entrepreneur, it teaches my entire 40-something years of how to grow a business step-by-step. I've dissected it all and given away every single secret about how to do it. Great. And then how can they contact you? What's your sites that you would drive people to? Uh, the best way is to go over to get hot, H-O-T, get hot com. It's a totally free course that I'm giving away as a gift that used to be $5,000 course that I used to sell. And that I'm just totally free information that is super valuable that I think people will really dig. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Terry, for that. I appreciate that. So get hot com and turbocharge your business. And of course, you can find that on Amazon for sure. Now, Terry, to wrap up our show, first of all, thank you very much for spending the time with us today. It's been my pleasure. Thank you for having me. And it's been way too long. So I'm glad that we're back together. (laughs) (laughs) For sure. Well, things are great timing. I don't believe in too many accidents. So with that happening, uh, Terry, what would be something new or fresh or a gem that you would encourage the listeners with as you depart today? I would just say the three words that I've repeated a couple of times, integrity, authenticity, and transparency. I live by those words. And when I share those words with my clients and they really breathe those words in and begin to use them as a mantra and really live from there, it makes all the difference. So I'd like to remind them of those three words, transparency, authenticity, and integrity. Well, thank you, Terry. Much appreciated for you being here. It's been a delight. Thanks for having me, Ken. Uh, you're, you're welcome. Well, SOS listeners, uh, Dr. Terry Levine, you know, it's very, very important when we think about life is that we only have this moment. Can we choose? Can we choose this very moment to be in happiness as Terry has shared? Absolutely. Do you believe that you have that choice? That could be even the first step to be able to filter through where did I come up with that belief system? My encouragement is that every single person listening to this is valuable. Every single person has a purpose as meaning you have a place as Terry discovered in her journey where you can be alive, you can be authentic, you can be transparent, but we have to choose that. You are responsible. I am responsible. Thank you as always for listening to SOS. If you like what we're doing, please share, pass it on, let others know about Secrets of Success. Thank you for listening. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Keyes. Thanks for exploring the secrets of success with us. If you want to keep the momentum going, log on to crgleader.com. Scroll to the bottom and sign up for our inspirational emails. You can also take your success to the next level by following us on Facebook and Twitter and connecting with Ken on LinkedIn. We hope you have a great week and look forward to you joining us next time for the Secrets of Success podcast with Dr. Ken Keyes.